Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Y'all got a little pity pass spear on you. Come on, you know we don't do that at Bethel. I can't believe that we're going to be talking about the bread of heaven today and we didn't sing uh, You Are the Living Word. You don't even know, I don't even know the words. Bread of heaven, sent down from glory. Any help in the back? Many things you were on earth, a holy king, a carpenter. You, you are, are the, the living word. Bread of heaven. Just one time, come on, y'all. Sent down from glory. Many things you were on earth, a holy king, a carpenter. You are the living word. Awesome ruler. Anybody believe that? Gentle redeemer. God with us, the living truth. And what a friend we have in you. You are the living word. You are the living word. Yes, we just had to do that real quick. You are the living word. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus as we get into your word that you would help us you lead us and guide us into the truth that we need to know. God, bless us as we get into your word. Give us ears to hear, hearts to obey. God, I ask that you would think through this feeble mind, speak through my mouth. The words in my mouth, meditation in my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you are my strength and redeemer. Every glad and happy heart say amen. Give God another round of applause for the mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Great to see your faces. Uh, in the sanctuary, you online. I love you so much. God bless you. I know we're not supposed, we're supposed to distance, so I'm blowing you a kiss. See there? Okay, now, I had the privilege this week of actually going to the home of one of our saints and visiting their new addition to the family. If you guys didn't know, um, uh, James and Latanya Braxton, welcome into this world. I, Isaiah James Braxton. And, and you learn, you learn so much when you go and visit a baby. You learn how in tune we are to everything they want. Everything becomes about them. And, and, and if they just squirm or, or squeal or anything, get them a bottle. Babies come into this world wanting stuff. Sucking, wanting, needing. Gimme, 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 gimme. From the moment you entered this planet, you wanted stuff. From the moment you got here, you were demanding that someone meet your needs. I want is an American right. I want it, I want it now, and I also want it my way. 
Now, I want whatever I want when I want it, whether it's right or wrong, good or evil, moral or immoral. If I want it, I got to have it. You want things when you're in America. You want things even when you have things. You have a car, you see a nicer car. I want it. You have a house, you see a nicer house. I want it. Something about what we want dominates us, controls us. In fact, we wanted things so long that it creates this narrative in us that if I get everything I want, that will be happiness, that will be success, and that will be satisfaction. The problem is I never stop wanting. I'm always wanting. My birthday is next week, and I want some stuff, honey. I want many, many, many things, baby. Yeah, I really do. Okay, um, so you just, we want stuff. One time, my kids, they want so much stuff at Christmas. They had a sinful Christmas. How can Christmas be sinful? That's when you get too much stuff that you wanted. Way too much stuff. They, they were grabbing the, the boxes, ripping them open, throwing the stuff out, and then throwing the item to the side as if there was nothing. And then when all of the stuff was done being open, you know what they had the nerve to say? Is that it? Where's the rest of my stuff? I want more. Can't get satisfied. Good dessert makes you want more. Somebody give you breakfast in bed and you want it every time. I want, I want, I want. <laughs> okay. And so how many of you can relate to the reality that that virus of wanting stuff all the time has visited your house. Oh, come on now. Don't have me talk about you a little longer. It's visited you. I know the online is just putting in the chat right now. Yes, it's visited me. Jesus is dealing with some people in the text we're going to look at today who really fit this narrative of wanting and that desire. I, I, I uh, liken wanting unto the word lust. It's, it's, it's a strong desire, rightfully or wrongfully, for something. Um, uh, another definition of lust is, is to superimpose your will over the will of God or to, or to make what you desire more important than anything. And, and if you have to do something almost criminal to get it, to get attention, to get love, you do it. Jesus is dealing with these folks. So we're going to read, we're going to read, start reading, I think in the 24th or 25th verse. Can't remember. So maybe, the, thank you. And we're uh, of John 6. And, and if you've been following along in your devotional, we've already done with, dealt with, you know, uh, chapter five and and, and, and we're, we're, we're already skipping a quite a bit of narrative, but I'll catch you up in just a moment once we read this portion of Scripture. 
Okay, why don't we read it together? I'm going to say, ready, read, and it's going to help you at home. Follow along the screen. We'll read the next few verses. I'll tell you when to stop. I'm going to say, ready, read, and then you just, with some power, with some diction, and with, you know, rhythm, cadence. Online, you know, you have to do this as well. Be with us. Ready, read. Now, here it is. Let me give you Jesus' mindset when all of this is going on. Let me catch you up to where we are in the story. Jesus has got a cousin named John the Baptist who has already identified him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's already decreased that he might increase. He's already been put in prison while Jesus is free, going out throughout the countryside, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, you know, and doing all of the things that he does. And, and, and John the Baptist is in jail, his cousin, somebody that he actually loves. And Herod has him in prison and he's married Herodias. And Herodias' daughter dances before him and she pleases the king so much. He said, I'll give you anything you want up to half your kingdom. His mother, who was mad at John the Baptist, says, ask for John the Baptist's head. John the Baptist is executed. His head is given to Herodias. Herodias gives it to her mother because she didn't like John the Baptist. And the news comes to Jesus. How would you feel if someone in your house or your family was brutally murdered? Now, while Jesus was fully God, he, he, he allowed himself to feel what man feels. Can you imagine this? Jesus is getting the information in the middle of dispensing his ministry and people are still wanting him and needing him. And he tries to get off to a solitary place, but people are following him and he gets to a position. And the fame of who he is has people coming from all around till 20,000 people are assembled. And these 20,000 people are being healed by him and are being ministered to by him. And he looked at them as sheep, like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus will always show up. He will always show up to meet your need. When he noticed that people were in a condition where they had no direction, where they had no one actually caring for them, loving on them, he said, that's my job. I'll do it. And so Jesus goes on and he turned, his disciples said, why don't you send the people away? They've been here all day. We're in a desolate place. You know, let them go to the towns and the villages so they can find themselves something to eat. And Jesus says to his disciples with them, he said, you give them something to eat. I think that sounds really cruel of Jesus because he has to know that they don't know how to feed 20 um, thousand people. Why would he give them such an impossibility? And they did the thing that you should do when someone is just your boss or someone gives you an impossibility. You give the problem back to them and say, yeah, I can't do nothing with that. 
you need to help me. Jesus basically asked them, what do you have? One of them said, look, if we had enough money, maybe we have enough in the treasury of 200 denarii. Maybe that's like a day's wage. So that's like eight months food for a family of four. So maybe we could feed 200 people. It's not going to cut it. So you, 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 what you want right now is not going to be met. Then he says, well, what we have, got a boy with a lunch, five loaves of bread, a few little fish. Jesus says that's enough. And while Jesus is in a state where he has lost someone, a state where he has been physically expending energy and virtue, he's able to look at the wants and desires of a group who haven't even made a request of him. I want you to see the nature of him as a provider and as a provision maker. And he teaches us a principle of what you do when you don't have enough. The smartest thing you can do when you don't have enough is to take what you do have and put it in his hands. And what he does is show you what to do. He looks up to heaven, blesses God, blesses it, gives it back to the disciples, and it begins to multiply in their hands. I don't know how the miracle happened, but I know everyone there believed they saw a miracle. And it was pretty fantastic. Now, where we just read in the text is Jesus has basically fed people and said, we need to go. He sent his disciples ahead and they notice that he's gone and they're looking for him. And I love how verse, verse um, 26 says it. He said, and Jesus answered them, truly I say to you, you are seeking me because you saw the sign, but because you are, but you ate and you were filled with the loaves, you're not seeking me because you've identified exactly who I am. You're seeking me because you understand what I can do. You're not seeking me because you decided to surrender to me. You're seeking me because you know that I can do supernatural things and you want supernatural things to be done for you. You're seeking me because I satisfied you and let you eat till you were full. You're seeking me because you see that I'm abundantly uh, benevolent and I give exceedingly abundantly above you could ask or think. But you don't have desire for me. That's like being, you ever had dated that person that you always contributed more in the relationship and they're happy to take from you, but they don't really want to be with you, but they enjoy what you do? These are the same people that will break up with you on Valentine's Day. Just, just in case you was wondering if your person is the person. If they broke up with you before Valentine, that's what they did. Okay. He said, do not labor. He said, don't labor for food that perishes. He says, don't seek me for what you want. Don't seek me 
Don't just seek me for what you want. Now, you can seek God to get things you want, but the things you want, Jesus knows what you want. Jesus knows what you need. But don't seek me for just what you want. You need to seek me for what you need. Because he knows what you want is temporary, but what you need is eternal. See, what we want is a list of stuff. What we want is our breakthrough. What we want is our deliverance. What we want is our healing. What we want is temporal and it's earthbound, but we do not look toward eternity to get all of the things we want. And he's trying to get them to refocus. What are you working for today? Are you working for what is temporal? What will burn? This earth is going to burn up all the stuff in it. So what does it profit you to gain this whole world and then lose your soul? What does it profit you to have worked your whole life for the things you want and leave here without what you need? Don't seek him for just what you want. I want. I want. We always want something. I was giving, you know, I think I'm a good babysitter. I babysat a lot of children. Some of the children are in this room this day. But when I babysit, I have a problem. Because I've decided that I'm going to give the kids whatever they want, even if they don't need it. I'm going to send them home so hyped up on sugar. All I do is get those little cubby gummy bears. The last child I watched, I just got a big thing of gummy bears, and I just kept putting them in her mouth. That's what she wanted. She never got tired. Now, that child didn't sleep for two days. But that's what she wanted. And that's what I gave. Sometimes we want stuff that can actually hurt us and destroy us. And the very things we need, like vegetables, broccoli, green leafy things that can preserve your life, we don't like it. Because we want to have what we want. I have a friend uh, that's a chef. One day she said to me, you don't need that sugar. You don't need that stuff. I said, yes, I do. She said, you want that. I can teach you to want some other things that are more healthy for you. You see, are you limiting your relationship with Jesus to just what you want from him and not what you need from him? Because according to the 27th verse, He says, I'm going to give you food that will endure to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you for for on him, verse 27, for on him God the Father has set his seal. I want to beg you today, don't just seek God for what you want because he's got so much more he wants to do with what you need. What you want is temporary. What you need is temporary is eternal. This is why Jesus has a group of people that are seeking him, and now he's going to enter into the discourse with them in verse 29. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who has sent him. 
Verse 30, so they said to him, then what sign do you do that we can see and believe you? What work do you perform? Now, isn't this insulting? These people have just seen this man multiply fish and loaves, and they want him to prove why they should believe there's something more they need from him versus something more they want. See, they want more miracles. They want him to perform more things. They want him to be the tap dancing duck. They want him to do some magic tricks. They want to see him part some seeds and do some things. But what they don't want to do is believe in him. So that lets you know there are people who say, if I see a miracle, then I'll believe Jesus. That's not true. The first miracle, this miracle right here that was done, was seen by thousands of people, and yet the conversation is about how they can get more of the stuff they want versus the stuff that they need. And the reason they can't see what they need is they can't see who Jesus really is. And I know that it's easy to point the finger at this particular point in the message and say, look at those people. But I venture to say that we all are guilty of serving Jesus in a manner to get something from him that we want versus receiving what we need to hear. You asking God to deliver you from something and he's asking you to do stuff to get delivered. See, he'll always tell you what you need that will lead you toward eternal life and pleasing God. See, Abraham trusts God. He believed God and it was counted to him in faith. This is the work you do, believing God. Who do you put your trust in? Who, who, are, you? who, who are you trusting? Don't seek him just for what you want. Seeking for who he is. He says, seek me for who I am. Do you really like Jesus? Or is it a cute song? Oh, good job. She said, yes. Bread of heaven, sent down from glory. Many things you are on earth. A holy king, a carpenter. You are. Is that just words? Or is it revelation? Awesome ruler. Because I don't, I don't think about anybody being an awesome ruler. I think if you're ruling me, I don't really like you. I don't care what the, uh, group you in, Democrat, Republican, Independent. Like if you have an authority over me, I got a problem. Awesome ruler, gentle redeemer. See, these, 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 these songs have to mean something. When you seek him for who he is, when you really believe in him, they were believing in his work, but not in his person. They couldn't take advantage of it. Go back to the, uh, the 20, the 30th verse. So they said to him, what sign do you do so that we may believe you? Perform, perform some for us. How, how many times have you tested God like that? Lord, now listen, I know you're powerful. And I know you mighty. Me and you need to make a deal, a contract. Now, I'll give you my time, my tithe, and I'll give you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I want Friday nights off. 
Saturdays need to be optional. Sunday definitely is yours. You keep me in moderately good health. Give me mostly all the things I want. We got a deal. I'll give you some room in my life. I'm just not giving you my whole life. They want to know after seeing him work in his power, seeing him work in his might, seeing him work motivated by love. They had the nerve to ask him to do more stuff in order to get them to do the work of believing in him. Jesus doesn't have to do anything else. He's giving you the breath in your body. He's giving you life right now. He's giving you every advantage to see him at work in this earth so that you will surrender to him. He's not into making contracts. He's into making covenants. A contract may be what you want, but a covenant is what you need. You need to believe. Verse 31, our fathers ate manna. They talking too much already. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus, you just gave the people bread. You're not that great. That happened before. You want us to identify you by your miracles. Other people work miracles. There's other gods. There's other religions. There's other things. Jesus, don't, don't get to elevating yourself. You're powerful, but you're not just the one. Our father said, man, he said, uh, verse 32. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say unto you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven. Y'all don't know the word. You don't know the book. You've got it all wrong. It, it was my father who gives you bread from heaven. You see, the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above and proceeds from the Father of lights, where there is no variance or shadow of turning. Everything you have, you receive, so there's no need to boast as if you didn't receive it. Jesus is making it clear, you need to honor God the Father. You need to understand, remember when I broke the loaves, I blessed God. God did the work. You want to give Moses the credit? He was a man that got angry and didn't get to get into the promise. He was limited. He had bread, but I've got true bread. He had sustenance, but I've got everlasting sustenance. He had what you wanted, but I've got what you need. You need to calm down because you're talking to someone that has way more knowledge than you. What do you mean perform something? For verse 33 says, for the bread of God, for, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now he's trying to say, now let me show you something. You don't understand bread. You don't understand eternal things. You don't understand wants versus needs. Let me say, the real bread is somebody who comes down from heaven. Verse 34. And he said to them, sir. All right, we, we understand, give us some of that bread, always. People will switch up on you so quick. Now, y'all just checking Jesus. Jesus check you back. You say, no, okay, 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 I, I, I got all in my wants. 
How do I get these needs? You see, don't just seek him for what you want. It's temporary. Seek him, seek me for who I am. Who am I? Verse 35 tells you. Read this together. One, two, ready, read. Jesus said, let me make it plain. Let me make it clear. I'm too tired. I've been trying to pray. I've been dealing with feeding y'all, curing y'all, healing y'all. I've been on this planet for a while. My cousin just died. You know, he, he knew exactly who I was. Now I don't even have him on the earth to bear witness to me. So let me tell you, here's the first time an I am statement is even used. He said, I am the bread of life. I am Yahweh. I am El Shaddai. I am the all-sufficient one. I am the pre-existing one. I am the creator, I am the renewer, I am the restrainer, I am life, I'm life abundantly, I am the bread, I'm every single thing you need. I am the bread of life. You weren't sure? So let me make it so clear that you won't miss it. No question that I am what you need. You've been dealing with all your wants, and just like a little baby, I've been giving you what I want, you want. You've been thinking that I was your little genie in a bottle, and you want to just rub on a jolly, Alibaba, 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 come. You want your three wishes, so I can give you what you wish for and what you want, and I can get out of your life. But I'm much more intimate than that. I created you with a plan and I created you with a purpose and I've got a work I've done and a work I do with my father and a work I want to do with you and it's going to ask you to believe who I am. You can't play around with it like I'm kind of sort of maybe the king of the earth, the, the ruler of all the inner universe. You can't play around this with this. I am what that I am. I am whatever is necessary, whatever is needed, whatever is powerful, I'm, I'm whatever. Those people needed food. So I gave them what they wanted, but they need to seek me for what they needed. Jesus said to them, remember he said, when you come to me, he said, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me should never thirst. Remember when we were, when, when Dr. Ward was here and preaching about the, the woman at, at the well, he said, Jesus said, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. And this water won't drunk, go dry. It's a well of water springing up unto eternal life. You want that water that comes out of your belly, the, 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 that's eternal life. You want that. Hunger, first I satisfy it. You think you need a bunch of stuff. I need my loans. I need the I need the stimulus package. I need I need I need I need I need I need I need. No 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 no. That's not what you need. That's what you want. He that has the son has life. He that has not the son does not have life. If you need something, excuse me, if you want something, then you need to go to Jesus to get what you need first. He's all sufficient. Let's look at 36 really quick. But I say to you that you have seen me, 
and yet you've not believed. Isn't that tragic? That even though I'm telling you all the truth, and your heart's probably burning on the inside, you have to do everything in your power to suppress the truth because I'm the spirit of truth. You're designed to respond to truth. There's this lie that says, well, maybe they don't understand. You have, everybody understands. God says, I've manifest myself to every man so that every man is without excuse. He put eternity in the heart of every man. He put this thing deep down on the inside of you that when you interact with the truth, your conscience says, now that's the truth. Now you can suppress it, you can reject it, but he's the great I am. Your intellect can't overwhelm the spirit of the living God. He's not the author of confusion, but life and peace. Verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast him out. All meanings all the world, all meaning all groups of people, all, all people everywhere, old, young, black, white, all, everybody you can think of. I'm, I'm, I'm showing myself to everybody. I'm not leaving you out. Verse 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me, verse 39 and 40, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. That lets you know you have a need. The only thing that can raise you up on the last day is believing in Jesus that he is who he says he is. That's it. Verse 40, that's the last verse. For this is the will of the Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, have what he needs, and I will raise him up on the last day. Stand to your feet. Let me give you a glimpse. I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again this week. Your life is worth living. And there's eternal consequences and benefits to the life you live. It doesn't matter where you stand. I'm telling you the facts of life. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of the deeds done in the body, whether good or evil. If you don't know Jesus when you die, you stand before the great white throne judgment to be formally sentenced to eternal separation from God. If you become before the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to just reward you. He has the power to raise you up. That's what you need. You know, I was looking at this, you know, I'm, I'm, this is not for or against the stimulus check. I was just thinking how much the check can't solve all your problems. You know, I was thinking, you know, maybe if they gave you a million you know, of the trillion, you know, then you'd be like, man, we are all right. <laughs> you have a problem. If you didn't know this, you have a problem. 90% of people are not ready to retire. You don't have enough money. You're going to be working till you're 104. What does that tell you? You need him. You can't maintain your health 
You can't maintain your wealth. The economy can crash and everything can be gone, but when you have Jesus, the great I am, the sustainer, the bread of life, you have everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. You need him. He knows what you want, but he also wants you to get what you need. What you want is temporary. What you need is eternal. I got two prayers I'm going to do. The first, if you're online and you fit this bill, it's all right. Some of us thought we knew the Lord. And you get into moments like this and you learn you didn't know him. It's okay. Today may be your day. If you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life, the Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And today, whether you're online, writing in the chat right now, I want to be saved. I want help following Jesus. Or you're here and the ministers will be down front and you can be prayed for. I want you to know that Jesus wants to save you or help you come back to him. Some of you even need to take a definite step of getting baptized. Like literally, I, I just felt that in my spirit. You need to take that step. Others of you, I want you to hear something that the Lord gave me in prayer. It's for you. Here's a word of the Lord for you. And I wrote it down because I didn't want to miss it. To give you some joy. You, here's what the Lord gave me. You will eat and have enough to sustain you. And enough left over to sustain others. You will be blessed and highly favored in this season, not next year. I'm talking about right now. I see you and you and what you need even more. You don't see, even when you don't see me, and I will not just give you what you need, but what you want in the next hour, saith the Lord. The second group, I'm praying this over you. This is your promise. But you don't get it by leaning into your own strength, your own ingenuity, your own mindset. You get it by leaning into God. God spoke to me about business persons. There are people after last week's service who've had radical business breakthroughs. And I'm going to tell you, if you are a business man or woman, a small business, or you dream of owning one, the word of the Lord to you is this is your season of harvest and breakthrough. And God, it's all going to prosper. So you're not counting on yourself. You're counting on God. They didn't ask for a miracle of multiplying the loaves and fish. They received one. It's not about what you do. It's about what he does because it's who he was from the beginning. Let me pray for these two groups of people. Lord, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Sometimes the enemy tries to make us fearful when it's time to come to you. But you said come and drink. Come without money and eat. I pray that they would come and receive you. Not as just Savior, but as Lord of their life. And that you will walk in their life for the rest of their life. Would you bless all those who call on you for the first time or return to you as Lord? Lord, I pray for this second group, include myself. Please forgive me for dealing with you based on what I wanted more than what I needed. For limiting you to a guy who just does stuff I need. I mean, I want, 
instead of someone who's trying to get me everything I need. I pray that we would never lose sight of your person, never lose sight of the great I am, the bread of life. As you give us fresh revelation that sticks with us, in Jesus' name, amen. Won't you give God praise and glory? Listen to me, listen to me. The Lord is still at work. I want some ministers to come down front. If you have any prayer needs whatsoever, God has been doing miraculous things. If you need a miracle, your health, you need breakthrough, you need deliverance, you're hearing voices, your night terrors, whatever it is, I want you to know the Lord wants to help you. And those who are online, God wants to meet you in the chat. So you can do it, just come down there. And if you're new to Bethel, uh, you'd like to meet me. After I pray for a few people, I'll be uh, at uh, Guest Central. So God bless you.